This video examines some of the most fearsome booby traps ever made in the history of warfare, designed to trap, maim, and kill those who stumbled into them. They represent the worst product of the human imagination turned to engineering. All of them were used in one of the bloodiest wars in modern history, the Vietnam War, or as it is known in Vietnam, the War of American Aggression. Between the start of the war in 1955 up to its end in 1975, over one in 10 of all American troop deaths were caused by booby traps. Almost one in five of all Americans injured in the war were injured by one of these traps. These devices ended the lives of thousands of young men, often in the worst ways possible. Utilizing fiendish poisons, subtle camouflage, and horrifying blunt force, these traps hold a macabre fascination, horrifying yet intriguing. They also tell a story, a story of a Vietnamese people and their struggle against the full might of the incredible United States war machine. With no tanks, no planes, and often no guns or bullets at all, the North Vietnamese fought against a numerically and technologically superior power for 20 years. To stand any hope at all, they had to use every trick in the book. Here are some of the most devastating tricks used, the most fearsome booby traps of the Vietnam War. The dreaded punji trap struck fear into the hearts of many American servicemen. Nobody who saw someone fall into one of these lethal pits would ever forget it. The trap consists of bamboo or occasionally metal stakes sharpened to a lethal point at the end, buried in a pit. The pit was then hidden, camouflaged from the top. Troops would be marching from place to place, usually on clearly marked paths through forests and farmland. It is here the North Vietnamese built their traps. Picture the scene. American soldiers on the move, talking, singing, or joking with their guards down. Then a snap and a crash breaks the conversation, replacing it with screams and shouts of pain. An unfortunate leg crashes through the covering lid of the punji trap, plunging the soldier's foot into the bottom with the full force of their body weight. Spears pierce through flesh with horrendous force. For the lucky, these would pass straight through the foot. For the less fortunate, they would run into the ankle and right up the leg through the thigh. Downwards pointing stakes were put into the sides of some pits, acting like the curved teeth of a lion. Consequently, a leg, upon entering the trap and being pierced, could not be pulled out of the trap without causing massive, irreparable damage. US soldiers grimly called this type of trap flycatchers. Because like flies in the jaws of a Venus flytrap, the men inside were trapped, often doomed. 
This trap varied a great deal in both size and character. Sometimes holes were shallow and small. These were capable of swallowing a foot or a leg and filled with spikes no longer than a few inches. Sometimes they were large, meters wide and up to 10 feet deep. These would be filled with much larger bamboo spears, capable of impaling a person outright. Not content to make such large traps for a single victim to stumble upon, large traps often featured a simple design feature. A pivot in the center to which the camouflaged lid was attached meant that, once stumbled upon, the trap would open up rather than collapse inwards. Once the soldier had slid inside, it returned to its original position, ready, waiting for another victim. Thus, men could find themselves pierced by these formidable bamboo spears trapped in complete darkness, potentially trapped in the company of the remains of another unfortunate comrade who met an untimely end in that devastating booby trap. These things were feared, and rightly so, even by combat-hardened men who feared very little. Joe O'Reilly, a Pennsylvanian drafted and sent to Vietnam at 19 years old, said his biggest concern was booby traps. Quote, It said right on the map, booby trap area. Guys were losing legs or feet to punji traps nearly every day during sweeps. Now, men would sometimes survive the agonizing fall into punji traps, especially a smaller one, but other than the force of the fall and the array of bamboo spears, these traps kept one rather disgusting secret in store for such victims. The stakes were coated in urine and feces, both animal and human, as well as poisons from plants and animals from the surrounding jungle. These substances lay in the sticky, humid heat of the South and Central Vietnamese climate for days, even weeks. Their toxicity was life-threatening. Thus, men may survive the initial injury caused by the punji trap, but with the infectious and poisonous chemicals introduced to the wounds, the rate of lethality, not to mention human suffering, was increased by orders of magnitude. Those caught in traps smeared with such substances would not be staying in Vietnam for long. The idea for punji traps was brutally simple and effective, but not new. A similar trap had been used by the Gauls against Caesar and his Roman legions almost 2,000 years before. The True Delu, or Wolf's Pit, was originally for trapping wolves. A similar version had been used for at least as long in Asia, generally known as a tiger pit. There is some speculation that the Vietnamese took the idea from the Japanese troops, who occupied Vietnam from 1941 to 1945, and used similar traps across Asia. But whoever came up with this booby trap, there can be little doubt that these death pits rank among the worst and most devastating booby traps used in the Vietnamese war. Mace traps, like punji traps, were particularly violent. When triggering a tripwire, a weighted plank or basket would be released, rapidly plunging towards the earth and anyone underneath it. Sometimes they employed a pendulum mechanism, swinging to and fro in deadly arcs. With barbed metal or wooden spikes and broken bricks or concrete tied onto them, mace traps were deadly things, 
capable of crushing anything they came into contact with. This trap saw a wide degree of variation, with the construction materials differing depending on the parts available and the imagination of its constructor. Concrete balls, sharpened wood, even angry insects, all were used to make the mace traps lethal and terrifying. There are many accounts of even coconut shells being used, filled with a heavy material and pierced with everything and anything sharp. Groups of men would be moving through the forest when the tripping of a vine or wire would release these traps, sending them hurtling often at face height towards the unsuspecting soldiers. The directions they came from were unpredictable, and these mace traps were positioned so that they swung back and forth, maintaining their momentum like a pendulum. Needless to say, the injuries sustained from these fearsome contraptions was tremendous. Blunt trauma from these was often concentrated through a number of sharp points projecting out from that center of deadly mass, causing piercing and lacerations alongside the massive kinetic energy of the mace. The idea of the mace trap, much like the punji trap, was to scare men so much that they did not want to continue. Most traps were semi-effective in terms of outright killing power. Instead, Trap design focused on creating shock and horror to maim those few caught in them and create massive, excruciating pain. The man in the trap was one victim. The squadron of his comrades in arms, now frightened, cautious and horrified, were victims of another kind. It is this psychological warfare that is of key importance to all combatants in the Vietnam War. Terror was an incredible weapon and this explains the sheer brutality of the mace trap and other traps like it. Doesn't this trap sound like it comes straight out of a film? Well, I can assure you it was all too real. The snake pit. Well, films are one thing, but these snake traps meant business. Though much of the process regarding these traps remains somewhat mysterious, it is clear that venomous snakes were used on a large scale in the Vietnam War, from bamboo pit vipers to black monocellate cobras, which could grow to four foot in length. Vietnam has a biodiversity rich enough in dangerous reptiles to make anyone, even bona fide snake lovers, agree with Harrison Ford. These deadly snakes were usually immobilized before being left in places soldiers would be likely to pass by. If found day one after being left, chances of being hurt by these serpents was actually quite low. Snakes are generally timid creatures, not fast to strike without warning. The problems come later. Given enough time, these poisonous reptiles start to get hungry, thirsty and angry, lashing out and biting anything within reach. If that wasn't enough, these venomous snakes were often nailed to trees and doors where they become particularly dangerous and, as one can imagine, particularly aggressive too. The North Vietnamese forces used all kinds of snake traps. And honestly, I was startled at the sheer variety and scale of snake traps described by war veterans. Snakes nailed to trees, snakes in spring boxes, snakes in secret tunnels, all snake traps. In fact, you can honestly take any of the other booby traps we've discussed 
and somebody along the line of the Vietnam War will have found a way to co-opt the thing with snakes. But snakes were not the only animal used in the service of scaring the fight out of the soldiers. Lieutenant Jack Flowers recalls how the Vietnamese communist forces used tripwires to release boxes of scorpions into the tiny confines of the tunnels soldiers had to crawl through. One of his men got stung and came out screaming, refusing to ever go into such a tunnel ever again. Wasps, hornets, and bees were also used extensively when making wartime traps, as were ants with fearsome bites. Now, snake traps, unless combined with other traps, were, as a rule, not particularly effective. At the time, snakes were nicknamed Two-Step Charlies, because troops would allegedly only get about two steps before keeling over, unconscious with the pain. But this was an exaggeration. Few poisonous snakes had venom so fast-acting. However, the nickname existence does demonstrate how snakes did scare a great number of otherwise very sensible men, quite senseless. In a war of wills, that is a useful weapon to have. If you can take a moment to imagine these young soldiers, teenagers, many of them, thousands of miles from their homes, the idea of a serpent lunging, fangs bared from a tree at face height, or running into one crawling through a tunnel with no way out quickly, and possibly no room to kill it either if it's going for you, then perhaps you can get an idea of how these snake traps tormented many soldiers. These traps, beyond being fascinating, show the ingenuity the Vietnamese had in using the materials around them to terrorize invading forces. Without the grenades or guns to get the job done, snakes shouldered the burden of terrorizing US troops. Our final devastating booby trap in this video is also the most advanced one, the M14 blast mine. Perhaps this entry surprises you, but the M14 mine deserves to be seen side by side with other fearsome booby traps like the punji trap, the mace trap, and the snake trap for good reason. Known as the toe popper because of its size and intended area of effect, the M14 is small, and I mean very small, maybe two inches in size, and this makes it very easy to hide and very easy to deploy quickly in large numbers. And that's exactly what happened. Hundreds of thousands were planted across Vietnam, and many remain to this day. Since the end of the war in 1975, about as many people have been killed by unexploded mines left in the ground than the total number of Americans who died in the war itself, some 50,000. Cheap to put in the ground, these fiendish little mines have left an incalculable legacy. So, how did they work? With a relatively small charge of 29-gram high explosives, these mines didn't have the power to kill outright unless stepped on by a child. Instead, the charge obliterated the lower half of the leg from the knee down. This would cripple a victim for life if they survived the injury. The M14 was one of the first mines made with the intention not to kill, but to maim. Their ingenious design enabled this, 
The plate on top, once stepped upon, acted on a flexible convex plate known as a Belleville spring, which in turn triggered the firing pin, activating the mine. Often laid by children because they were so easy to hide and work with, these mines now litter many a region in Vietnam. In cruel irony, those most likely to step on such things nowadays are children playing, perhaps no older than those who might have put the mines there 50 years ago. The simple design of the M14 mine allowed them to be mass-produced for only a few dollars each. Used in such massive numbers and to such devastating effect, these deadly little mines certainly deserve a place in this list of most devastating booby traps. Now, the Punji Trap, Mace Trap, Snake Trap, and M14 Mine are all devastatingly effective booby traps in their own way, damaging their prey physically and psychologically. It's perhaps easy to hate those who made such terrible traps, devices constructed to rob people of life and dignity without the maker ever having to see the suffering they caused. It's true that the existence of these devices is deplorable. It is right to condemn their use. But beyond this, it's important to consider why such things were built. What commonality, other than being designed to kill and maim, these traps have in common with one another? With, perhaps the exception of the fourth, all these traps are primitive. They generally use techniques and materials in construction known for many hundreds of years before the Vietnam War. Built not by some central organized power, these booby traps represented ad hoc attempts to slow an enemy down by a variety of people in a variety of places. They used local materials, whatever was at hand. The variety of death traps made from wood, stone, iron, and bamboo can thus be explained. It should be said that these traps were not proof of evil or any unusual hatred towards American troops and their South Vietnamese allies, but instead the desperate tools of an army completely outsupplied, outgunned, and outclassed. The term for this type of warfare, a weaker power using disruption through sabotage, traps, and assassination, is known as guerrilla warfare. In short, these traps are a sign of weakness of the communist forces in Vietnam, simply unable to meet the US military face to face. While the Americans had the power to literally blip cities off the map and destroy entire forests with napalm and chemicals, the best the communist forces could do was bide their time, digging trenches and filling them with sticks, sharpened by hand. Still, Henry Kissinger perfectly summarized the problem faced by the Americans in 1969. Quote, the conventional army loses if it does not win. The guerrilla wins if he does not lose. The booby traps helped the North Vietnamese do just that, aiming not to kill large numbers, but to slow down, disrupt, and demoralize troops. Booby traps were very successful and made soldiers fear entering certain areas. Every trap triggered raised the question in the minds of men serving in the South Vietnamese and American armed forces. Why are we fighting this war? And how do they, who have so little, continue to fight it? The booby traps discussed above thus represent an important part of the history of the entire Vietnamese war, an insight into the desperate tactics the North Vietnamese employed and the horrors 
the South Vietnamese and American armed forces endured. Thank you for watching. Please leave a comment and a like on this video and consider subscribing to support the channel. I'll see you next time.